2: Welcome to Healthcare Now. You're here with Doctor Mark and Larry Jones, and we have a special guest today, April oh, Peterson. Do. Yep. So, and this yep. is a very special show, Larry.
3: This is a very special show, Doctor Mark. This is our hundredth show.
2: Yeah, hundredth show, and they... we
3: first aired January 23rd, 2021.
2: Wow. And the over under on whether we were going to last was like ten. So That's we're right. doing pretty
3: well. We're doing pretty and, well. And, and it's been a real pleasure, Doctor Mark. No,
2: it's been great. I tell you, it, I, I can't honestly can't believe we've done hundred shows. Yep. We've uh, we've been at this for a while now. I can't and believe it's uh, been that you know, long either. It's really been it's really been a lot of fun. It's but been you a lot know, of the interesting part is,
3: I think we're going to do a recap over the next couple of weeks.
2: Yep. Yep.
3: As to all the different things we've talked about, right? And when I went back and researched and pulled all this together, mm-hmm. it was amazing. All
2: the, all the, the things
3: yep. and topics that we've talked about, Doctor Mark. Over well, the I Mad know Xander we talked shows. about
2: this, and you did a lot of this from memory. And so this is going to serve these next few shows as a yep. as a catalog of some of our yep. topics and I hope that our listeners will come up with ideas of other topics they they're looking for definitely and other ideas but uh, so so the format today is okay. the three of us are want to sort of talk about little things yeah. and just see where yeah. it goes and we'll bring
3: up the topic and we'll be right. three of us to talk and, uh, and april if you know has been on three of our shows
2: as she, she so she's our most year. frequent yeah. visitor yeah, yeah april fact. is
3: our director of network contracting right in management for the ipn network and she runs pretty much all the the contracting and the uh, provider relations for all of our physician
2: offices yeah april well, we haven't given you a chance to say hello why don't you yeah. jump in mm-hmm
4: well, hello. Uh, happy Hanukkah, Merry mm. Christmas, and Feliz Navidad.
2: Very nice. So, very nice.
4: I'm very excited about your 100 show. This is, this is actually fabulous.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. They you like know, it's that. interesting. Um, part of the reason we're on the show is because of April. Tell me about that. I did a couple of uh, shows with the Chris Hart show right. on healthcare, and we had some people call in. Right. And April listened to the show, and she says, You need to do that. Oh,
2: so indeed, that's right, when right. you and I started, Dr. Yeah, Mark. Excellent, April. So I, I have you to blame. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's right. For so, all the extra well, work we did.
4: Larry, Larry had such a fabulous voice. It sounded so good. And then when I heard the two of you. Dr. March, you sound so great and you guys obviously know so much about healthcare. I learn something every time I listen to the show.
2: <laughs> no, that's that's our goal. I mean, we really we really, you know, do our best to to, re, you know, report things that are yep. make sense and they're honest and try to give good advice, but at the same time, you know, yep. really interested in what people are are looking to learn. Yep. Healthcare is easy because everybody, I mean, it's a, it's a mystery. It's sort of set up as a mystery from the get-go. And you know when you talk about health care insurance and you talk about the dollars that are spent, it is it's like this big, great secret that we get to try to this try to big a black through. hole, yeah, and yeah. I mean there, I don't think anybody feels a great sense of confidence when when they talk about their their personal health care, their right. financial health care yeah. they they really don't have that feeling, so there's a there's a big 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 yeah. gap to fill yeah.
3: well, you know it's interesting, Dr. Mark, when we started the show. The one thing we said we were not going to do is turn it into a political opinionated show. Right. And the purpose of our that. show has been twofold to help build educated healthcare consumers and have an honest discussion, as you said, with all stakeholders in healthcare about how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system.
2: Right. And it became clear, I mean, from the very, very beginning, that we often went back to expense that we often went back to yep. where the dollars were going yep. because i think we learned a great deal just by looking at, at the at the data out there yep. some of the incredible earnings that that we see in some of these companies and it really it opened our eyes to, to to look more deeply into that yes so yes in, in our first show we talked about the cost of healthcare. yes we did and in 4.8 trillion dollars yep in in a single year and looking at getting moving about to eight, almost 8 yeah. trillion yep. so so i think that motivated us to I know it motivated me to look and say, well, where, yep. where is this money spent, right? Right. Because, because it, it's, it's created somewhere. It comes from some entity, and it goes to many entities. Yep. And so following that trail has been a big part of our show. And, I mean, I think that's a, yep. a really interesting part.
3: And I think what was enlightening too, Dr. Mark, while we're talking about where the money goes, we, we talk so much about primary care physicians and the plight of them right. in this country in the shortage and yet less than 10% of the healthcare dollar actually is reimbursed to primary care
2: physicians. Oh, absolutely. I think I think it's all physicians account for about 11% of the expenditure. That's right. And I mean and and you do look at the the face of healthcare is your primary care doctor. Yes. That that is when you talk to a family, uh, you talk to a person about their healthcare, that's the face of it. So yeah. when they get an invoice, a bill, an EOB, that says what they Explanation owe or, of benefits. or, or, yep. or what, what, what this experience was billed for, mm-hmm. they see that primary care person. right, And that primary care person is accountable for not, not only less than 10%, mm-hmm. but the number that they see is an inflated number. Right. It's usually two to three times what the actual charges are going to be. So you're you're looking at that that face again and saying, oh, my gosh, you know, I just got a bill for forty nine thousand dollars. Well, how are you charging me that much? Well, that that person is actually likely only charging you about thirty dollars. That's right. To three hundred dollars. And so, I mean, it really does. It throws things off. People don't know where to go.
3: And, you know, April, I know jump in here because you deal with physician reimbursement in these offices. We have almost a thousand physician practices all over Florida. You deal with this reimbursement issue, and doctors getting paid every day. You want to make some comments on that?
4: Well, yeah. I mean, it is a struggle for them, obviously, because healthcare costs continue to go up, but they don't see their reimbursements go up, right? So it really has moved into this value based arena, and I know you guys have talked about that quite a bit. Um, but embracing that and and you know putting that process in place in the practice really does help the. Physician, but I do believe the biggest benefit to your radio show is to educate that healthcare consumer because when they're educated about their own benefits as well, then they can help move through it. And we see so much now, the movement is preventative, right? So it's established with your primary care, get those preventative healthcare services. Because overall, the cost of healthcare goes down if we can identify the issues ahead of them turning into something acute. Right?
2: Now you make an amazing point because you're right. If if the 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 folks out there that are seeking care, if they kind of have a confidence about how this works, they're you know when you when you're sick when you're injured, you know you're just really looking to get help, sure. and if they can have that. Confidence that they, they understand how the system works a little better, they're going to make yep. better decisions. Yes. And what we've seen in, in healthcare is every time we, we run into physician groups that try to make decisions that make financial sense, we see an increase in outcome that's a, that's beneficial yep. to the patient yep. Yep. and you would think that would be the right. opposite i mean i think in, in 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 america we kind of think if you want something better you have to spend more that's right and in healthcare, clearly we've proven time and time again that if you spend smartly you actually have better outcomes and
3: that's the concept of value-based care
2: 100 percent. 100 and but but you know what april when you said that that if the people understand because we give direction and you know the primary care doctors tell you to do this or do that but the reality is the patient has more influence than they think they do. If they have the confidence that will be built up by the knowledge that that they're going to pick up. Because if you go to a primary care doctor that happens to be in an, an employed model, they really, they've got a, when they order a test, they order a CT scan. They really don't have a lot of choices that they're confident with. They, they want to know, you know, they've been told, listen, you know, we're keeping an eye on things. Do it this way. That's right. But if the patient says, you know, there's a independent radiology group just you know four miles from my house. Could I go there? And that opens the door and gives freedom to that that primary care physician to say, well, well, yeah, let's take a look at that.
3: Yeah. And the out of pocket cost in that doctor Mark could be ten percent of what they would pay exactly. in the other place. Exactly.
2: And so you do that kind of thing. You drop, so literally drops cost by ninety percent. Yeah. And we see that that 8 trillion not looking like yep. 8 trillion. Right. So so that's another place yep. where it can happen. It can happen from the educated consumer. I mean, yep. if you compare this to anything else. What other industry does the main part, the, the main cog in the wheel make less every year? No what industry? Nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah. Nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah. Because they he, no one would stay in business. Yeah. Yep. Yet, and that, but that's one of those yep. those ironies of the medical system, right. isn't well, it? Well,
3: you know, I know that we're we've got so many topics I want to get through, and we're actually going to cover some of this down the road. Okay, but let's go all the way back to January of 2021, Doctor Mark. All right, twenty three months ago, COVID nineteen was rampant when we first aired yeah and we spent many shows updating our listeners on all things regarding the pandemic including the vaccines
2: yeah and it's still all that time later it still runs the news feeds and it runs the news feeds in in medicine the the top 10 new journal articles that come out have something to do with the pandemic yes which uh and, and quite frankly not offering a lot of new information today. No, I mean, everything was new in the beginning, but we learned very quickly what kind of game we were playing. Yep. And, but, but there's not a lot of new information out today. So, I mean, it was, uh, we celebrated when we stopped talking about the pandemic on the show, didn't we? Right. I mean, and because we had other things we needed to talk about. And, and now, now that kind of stated that, that COVID-19 wasn't the the top of the news feed every single day. Right.
3: And, you know, um, When we talk about where we went on the first show, Mm -hmm. I really called it insurance one hundred and one, Doctor Martin.
2: Well, yeah, I think the the most confusing thing to the consumer (coughs) is indeed insurance, and it's it's face forward because you know with with you know we were just uh, some some years into Obamacare, and we were the news of insurance was in everybody's face. Um, You know, there are discussions about. It being mandatory, there are discussions about being easy to get when yep. it wasn't easy to get. So, yeah, Not that's that's a topic that we'll be able yep. to talk about for for years.
3: Yeah. Well, I think what we did when we did Insurance 101, which I think was our second show, we discussed and explained how a health plan insurance product works. Right. We talked about plan designs. We talked about benefits. We talked about networks in and out of networks. We talked about cost and co-pays, co deductibles, and all out-of-pocket charges, and I can tell you, April deals with our physicians every day in right. that very regard.
2: Yep, and, and and April, I mean, we're all we're all healthcare consumers, right? Yep. So, what do you Absolutely. find to be the most challenging piece of that puzzle?
4: Well, I do think it needs to go back to the beneficiary, right? If they understand what their deductible is, what their co-insurance is, the copay, the out-of-network cost, the in-network costs, that's what really helps to navigate a better outcome because then they're able to make good decisions with their physician on where to get that care.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I get the feeling that that most people don't feel like they have any power. They're just powerless in the system, that they just have to walk in and be told what to do. And that's just not it. I mean, I think it's one of our strong and important messages before we go to break here is that that you, know, you need to feel empowered that you are part of your own health care right. because you are the most important part True. and your voice is heard. And yep. it can be frustrating. I'm not saying everybody yep. does it right and I'm not saying every provider knows how to handle a great question, but you need to feel some confidence in that. Yep. And we're going to pick up with this.
3: Absolutely. Dr. Mark Wells said we're going to be right back. We're on our 100th show talking about what we've talked about for the last two years. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the...
1: You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry.
4: The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com.
3: Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at
1: 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take the
0: answer with you wherever you go. Theanswerorlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9.
1: The answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare
2: Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You have found Dr. Mark, Larry Jones, and April Peterson in the Healthcare Now studios here uh, celebrating, if you will, our 100th show with uh, kind of a a rambling on of all yep. our di- different topics and highlighting yep. some of the things that we might think uh think are important to talk and about. And we had
3: a little pizza party before the show. We did.
2: There was a little <laughs> pizza party, yeah. That's that, right. So and everything in moderation, I want mm-hmm. to point out that we each had one slice of pizza, that's which it. was very good. That's so it. I mean that's a that's a good way to play. That's right. Yeah, I didn't want I don't want uh, people calling in saying, you know, I thought you guys were really healthy there. <laughs> and pizza Eating Pizza. P- pizza's kind of an amazing food. It is. It's it's one of those uh I think that's the uh, toughest food for me to just walk by and say no thanks.
3: But in everything in moderation.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely
3: 100%. You know, we were talking earlier about uh, insurance products, right. how they work, plan designs, benefits, in and out of networks and cost, and all those things. You know, we've had so many patient testimonies over the last couple of years as to issues and problems people had with their billing. One in particular that you mentioned a little earlier is a lady went to a community hospital, was airlifted to the main right, center, right. and for an eight-minute helicopter ride, they charged her $49,000.
2: Yep, yep, yep. And you can go down to uh, <clears throat> I-Drive and get a, get a ride for 25 bucks. I mean, it's not really <laughs> right. the same, but yeah. That's right. now, you know, April, when people learn what you do, do they start asking you medical questions?
4: You know they do, and I am not clinical, so let me just be upfront with that'
2: yeah, right right well but it, it is it is true it's like you can't yep. you know the, the the knowledge i mean we're talk, we're talking about pizza if people knew as much about their own health care as they know about pizza, the healthcare dollar would be spent correctly Absolutely. because I mean look at any anything else that, that we buy you know pizza's easy, cars, houses, the consumer knows more about that. By far, than they know about their own health care, so there there's a gap, and and why is that? It's not the consumer's fault; it's the mystery that's built into this whole system. That's right. So you get a you get a bill, and and the variables that are built into oh, the yeah. system. Well, I mean, it's huge. It's you know when you have different players in this game, so you go in and, and, and something happens, and you end up getting a bill from from the the hospital say. Yep. And but it but you have insurance, so that's everybody right. believes that that if you have insurance then nothing comes out of your pocket. Now That's we right. we That's deliver right. the bad news and explain about copays and about yep. deductibles. Coinsurance. But yep. but beyond that there's the the bill that comes to you, usually comes to you before they have billed your those, insurance company. Any of that is processed. Okay. That's so, correct. So it, it's kind of like like we kid, you know, as, as a as a physician who sends things to the insurance company our our not so funny joke is well they're just going to deny it the first time just to see right, right. and uh i mean there's a lot of uh, there is a, a lot, a, a truth a, a lot truth of that. truth to that there is well yeah. at the same token when you get your first bill from the hospital it should probably go in the shredder yeah uh because you know, if they if it happened a week after yeah. you saw yeah. the, the the physician, or, or week after you're in the ER, no, no, the wheels do not yeah. turn that quickly. So right. that confuses yeah. you right off the bat.
3: And exactly. And one of the things that we've talked about on numerous shows is we've addressed what to do if you receive a bill.
2: Yes. Yes. Never,
3: never, never. And I think you said it five times on one show. Pay your
2: bill until you research it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is. Like- it is. Go ahead, mm-hmm. April.
4: The shredder idea, but you're absolutely right because what <laughs> bills and what is allowed right. are two different things,
2: right? And, and and what is going to be collected from your insurance company that you do pay, yeah, to, to have. I've insurance.
3: actually received a bill for services, and it was a bill that was
2: charges, <clears throat> right? Bill oh, right. Yeah. charges, bill charges before
3: the allowable was reduced, yep, before the payment was paid, yep. before the insurance even had a chance. And they call me up and say, "Oh, you need like to pay a this right card now, right now, yeah. or we'll yeah. put
2: you on a paid, payment plan." Yeah, yeah. I
3: see it all the time, Doctor. No, Martin. it
2: is. I mean, I, li- literally all the time. I can tell yep. you on our dining room table. You know, I've got, I've got a, a number of kids and my wife and I, yep. and we all interact yep. with healthy. And th- gotcha. there's always a bill sitting on the table, and it. It does. It it gives everyone pause, yeah. and, you know, because you kind of read you got to read it five times. But yeah, the first bill, April. Yeah, I think the the shredders is and a safe and you place. know one
3: of the big things we've talked yeah. about over the show is stress.
2: Yeah, that definitely adds to the stress of America. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. 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 No. And, and I think <clears throat> that you know being in the right state of mind and to to recover yep. from an issue or from surgery yep. or any of that stuff. I mean, that does definitely throw you off. Yep. I mean, it'd be nice if you didn't have to worry about it at all, but. There's a happy medium that with that medium that we're nowhere near in our current system. Yep. I, mean, I do believe look though
3: forward. that people now that go to the ER, I think they're beginning to understand at least a larger percent of the population that there's going to be an additional cost there, and if right. you can postpone that care until your PCP is open or wherever, even an urgent care
2: minute clinic, yep. you can save a lot of money. Yeah, unfortunately, the the way people learn about this the most. Is trial and error. That's right. You know, that's right. Because, I mean, you get that big ER bill. So the next time you may be thinking about going to the ER for something that your primary care could handle, you're probably not going to do it. Nope. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. April, I think we talk to the doctors all the time about educating their patients, don't we?
4: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, our physicians, especially the primary care physicians, really do recommend freestanding urgent care facilities, meaning um, that they're you know owned or operated by a large healthcare system, yeah. um, and oftentimes patients will just come back after visiting the ER and then complain to the physician, "Why did I have to pay two hundred and fifty dollars to go to the ER?" That's and right. of course, they have to go back and say, "Well, that urgent care would have addressed that headache yep. just the same."
2: Yep, so. yep. <laughs> yep, no, no question. And and just to, to sort of paint that picture, because there in our community there are a number of these freestanding. ERs, not urgent yes. cares, freestanding ERs that are corporate. They're all over the place and, and, now. And yeah. the the reason we say don't go there isn't because we don't think they give yep. excellent care. It's because they're allowed to charge hospital yep. ER rates as opposed to urgent care rates. So when we talk about urgent cares being cheaper, it's not just because they're good people and they want to charge yeah. less it's literally because their contracts and their yeah. codes pay out yeah. less, so it saves yeah. you money and and yeah. and you know the only way they exist obviously is through volume but sure. but the the hospitals yeah. and, and I get it i mean it it's a business at yeah. the, at the end of the day but my the, my ranting on if you really want to get my pressure up, you know how to do it <laughs> I, I rant about I this do. all the time. <laughs> You know, if, if health care is special and it can't be treated like just any business, which I think all of us agree to, and I can guarantee you our government agrees to, yep. and they mandate that many of us that are involved in health care are not going to profit from that unfairly. But there are segments of healthcare that can do that all day long, yep. and and that's that's really that's really the frustrating part of that that eight trillion dollars.
3: You brought something up a minute ago. We actually in our community here in Orlando, mm-hmm. we actually have a large health system that is shutting down a major hospital in the north part of Orlando, building a new hospital four miles away, and they're taking the location of the old hospital to building a freestanding ER.
2: There you go. What that's, does that tell you? That's real estate planning at its best. Yes, uh, it I is. Mean, you know, yeah, we're, you're yep. looking at dollars in and dollars out. Yep. Um, there's, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny if if, if local listeners uh, outside of our podcasting area, I mean, the local folks always know what we're talking about. Yeah. But I did see, uh, April, have you seen the, the newest player in the blood donation arena? No. Well, one of those uh, corporate entities decided that they they were going to compete with one Blood, which is yeah. been, you know, One Blood's the the, the Red the, Blood Mobile, yeah, the yeah, the big, yeah. the yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, the big, the big red bus, yeah, big red bus, and yeah. uh, and which, by the way, there are I think a dozen of those there are. In, in Central Florida. Alone. I saw one yesterday. Yeah. So One Blood <laughs> is statewide. Um, it's a pretty big organization, mm-hmm. but blood, uh, as much as we donate that, blood is very expensive to the the care to the to the mm-hmm. hospitals, mm-hmm. and then it gets billed on forward. So there is a there is a potential for Profit if you are a blood bank, and there's a potential for savings if you can get blood donated instead of buying donated blood. Right. So yeah, so one of the hospital systems now has a uh, it's not it's not a red bus, I'll tell you that, yep. and uh, it's blue. So that'll give you that that should give you a hint. Interesting, but, wow. but yeah, it is interesting. So so you know where do those decisions get made? So you know, April, we talk about this all the time with the docs too. Is so many of these financial decisions are so far away from the physicians that you see every day. You know, they
3: basically have nothing to do with it, right? Right.
2: Right. So, yeah, right. So, yeah, I mean, we've got you know brilliant people. I mean, people that come out of college with their d- degrees in business aren't just going to work for yep. Amazon and IBM, yep. and uh, yep. they're going to work for healthcare systems, right. and they don't need to know anything about healthcare. And in fact, I think what the big systems have learned is the less they know about healthcare, the more effective they are in saving the dollar for the entity. And and I get it. That's good for everything, but it's not fair across the board in healthcare yeah. Re- reimbursement. Yeah, and and that's the rant. Yeah,
3: let's go back to the question you asked April earlier about uh, how are your doctors educating their patients? You know, one of the things that we did in our value based program is we gave our doctors a five mile radius of all the urgent care centers in the area. Oh, good idea. And that has actually had yeah. a big impact. So they can just our, hand
2: out a sheet and circle, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and they
3: don't go to the ER. And how effective has that been, April?
4: Well, we've seen a significant um, decrease, and and I think it's twofold. Obviously, one, the physician is recommending that, so now the physician right. or the primary yeah. care doctor has a relationship with that close urgent care or high acuity urgent care facility, so they're able to communicate. You know, progress notes, what happened during the visit, very important. Which is then- As a follow-up for that member to go to the back to their primary care physician, now the PCP is involved in what has just recently happened. So that's been great, but I do think the cost of these ER visits is really starting to teach consumers whether they like it or not, and they see that fifty dollars to urgent care or two fifty to five hundred at the ER. The
2: big difference, yeah.
3: And and, you uh, know, you're right, April. Most health plans are going to a five hundred dollar ER copay.
2: Man, that. Yep. That's that's going to wake up some folks. Yes, that's that's going to yeah. That that is rough. Yep. And and back to some of the things we talked about in previous shows when we talk about how all these uh, hospitals are supposed to be putting up their charges, making it visible. Yep. yep and i mean there should be a big flashing sign in the front of that er yeah. billing transparency yeah. Yeah. yeah so they they i mean
3: and if it, you it, recall only 10% of hospitals in america yep. have complied with that bill that actually went into effect
2: january 1 2022 yep yep so it's yep. just it's just not happening effectively yep. Yep. but so you got people that are going to walk and and you know there are urgent care centers within a walking distance of emergency rooms yes. right and and there's a reason for that and, well, and I know, you know the one you really where they're going to
3: tear that hospital down. Yeah. There is a freestanding urgent care center independent right across the street.
2: Yeah. No, I, I, I know the area you're talking <laughs> you about. You know where I'm right. talking about. And, it. So, yeah. and, and a lot of the original urgent care centers were primary care physicians that were doing after That's hours. That's right. And, and there's an interesting thing about that, too, because, you know, when they have their, their current, you know, nine to five, eight to six, whatever it is. Yep. They're billing for office visits, those EM codes, right, those encounter codes. They're billing a one-way, but if they then flip the switch and they're now urgent care visits, not as opposed to just visits, they can actually charge a different amount. And, and it does. It pays yep. a little more. So that, made, that was a good business model. Yep. Yep. But absolutely, since that happened, you see those urgent care centers from the bigger companies opening up right across the street with you know and and they have true neon lights and they really they really stand out
3: dr mark and april when we come back from break we're going to talk about surprise billing the issues there the legislation and numerous patient problems that we've experienced in the past
1: we'll be right back You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry.
4: The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com.
3: Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on
1: Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com.
2: Dr. Mark, Larry Jones, and April Peterson, and we are talking about things that we've discussed over our previous 99 shows, and you know, Larry, you gave me a a four-page outline (laughs) to go over these, and we've made it through a page and a sentence, and uh, we're on our third segment, so I'm, I'm thinking... To even just touch on these, it's going to take us a number of shows to get through it. Which maybe is good. three or maybe three I mean, or four. Yeah. And I really hope to get some feedback from our listeners on yep. this show. If if we're yep. going down the right, if this is if this is good, fresh stuff, because yep. it's still, I mean, very timely. Yeah, um, it's important things, but uh, no, I think this was a great idea. This yep. was your idea. I think yep. it was a great well, idea. When
3: people talk to me about the show and they say, we "Listened," they always say, "I learned something on every show." But the other thing they talked about is what we talked about earlier about healthcare being a black hole. Yeah. Oh. And that they they learn so much, and they are hoping that we will continue bringing this educational com- component to the show.
2: No, I think that's by far you know the, the most important thing that we can offer yep. is to just get folks to know a little bit more yep. about how they can yep. effectively get through this whole healthcare right. maze. All right, where were we, guys? Well,
3: one of the big things that we talked about over the last year is surprise billing issues. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the legislation that uh came about on that. You want to hit on that, Dr. Mark?
2: Well, first of all, I mean I, I can't really give our legislators some great credit for naming it the surprise bill bill. Yep. But uh but you know, it's uh it it did it did get a lot of attention because basically what it says is is you can't come up with these crazy surprise charges yep. on the bills that there would be some sort of yep. recourse. And in the very beginning, our, the question that we had was, well, how is this going to be enforced? Because nothing yep. else that's come out of Congress and and tried to tell insurance companies and hospitals what to do, that's nothing right. else has really worked. That's and, right. But I will tell you, everything that that you know comes from CMS to the providers, yep. everything yep. is done, because if it's not... The money goes away. That's right. And
3: not only that, surprise billing will be for enforced by educated consumers.
2: Absolutely. Because if they don't know what to do or they don't know they yeah. have an option, then nothing happens.
3: Yeah, you know, this medical debt in America, and we're going to talk about that later, a large portion of medical debt in America is due to these surprise billing.
2: Yeah, and, and, it, and it can put people into bankruptcy. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I think – that you know, we that was one of our early yep. shows too, as we were talking about how much debt there there was in America. Yep. I think it was an average of like average debt was like 7000 dollars. $2, yeah, two trillion dollars, two trillion dollars in medical debt. So we did a we did a little quick math. Fifty
3: percent of America had medical debt of over five hundred dollars. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Fifty percent of families in America.
2: I hope it's not because they shredded the first bill they got on my on my advice. Uh, that's but not. You know,
3: it. there was legislation passed uh, early last year that not only can surprise billing not happen but if you're in network and you get a bill from a hospital-based entity they can only bill you the in-network price that you would
2: charge right so like if you went to the emergency room and you needed to see an orthopedic physician and that physician wasn't a participant in your insurance in that
3: health plan they could
2: not charge you an out-of-network cost which could be twice as much as three or four times yeah yeah. so so that that was a piece now that that piece of news, I think that hung with with consumers. I, I think, think they it did. I think they understood that because the in network, out of network concern has become pretty common knowledge. I don't want to get ahead of myself, yep. but I think most people understand there is no. a difference. They may not realize how much. Yep. But so knowing that, hey, I didn't. I mean, you know, when I go see my primary care, I call them up and they tell me whether that they take my insurance. If I walk into yep. an yep. ER and you're going to take me into the ER. Yep the same the same thing needs to go.
3: Right. Well, you know, I think a lot of this was enforced due to the Medicare Medicaid hotlines right and the HMO hotline in America that people were calling in and the the people that pay these bills whether whoever the payer is realized that a lot of these bills were not complying with the new legislation. Right. Right. And then they came down on the payers.
2: Yeah. Yep. And there are you know, I I do feel as the the big players are more willing to fork out a fine than they are to make sure they're doing it right. I mean, and maybe I'm just being a little cynical, but I think that's typically what happens now. Now the smaller hospitals don't have that, that wherewithal. And, and one of the, one of the things that we saw after COVID and and during the, during the pandemic was those hospitals, those smaller hospitals that were just getting by shut down. Yep. I mean, they, they couldn't make it. They were, they were either, Acquired or, but most of them, I think yes. was, we lost. Like, was it 250 hospitals? I think it was nationwide? 250 yeah. rural hospitals yeah. shut, shut down, down during
3: the pandemic.
2: Yeah. yeah. So you know, we talk about one of the biggest problems in healthcare is access, and that really crushes access to a lot of rural America. And how yep. how are they going to how are they going right. to get help? Right. So you know another another hoop that yeah. we're going to have to figure out how they're they're going to jump through it
3: in April. What do you get uh, when you're in these offices talking to these physicians and even through our clinical team that I know you work very close with about patient billing problems? What are you seeing out there?
4: Well, I don't. I, I mean, obviously, even physicians themselves are not as familiar with balance billing and this the whole surprise billing thing. Um, they haven't really seen it enforced, even though it'll suggest if you're if the insurance that you're currently using is a Florida-based plan, right? Then they have to charge yep. this in-network fee. But just like Dr. Mark said, I think they're going to go for that uh, fine instead or pay a penalty as opposed to complying. I, I'm I'm curious to see how many years it takes for this to actually become effective yeah. or enforced.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, April, I mean, I think part of the issue is, I mean, we've got commercial payers and then we have things that are coming through cms so the right. government numbers right and you know the government has the ability to kind of reach reach out and bite you right with the but hospitals they held back what was it you know you there was a two percent pay out at the end of the year if you were in compliance as a hospital. Yep. And so there was there was a big dollar amount just riding on following yep. the rules.
3: And that's 2% of everything you build
2: all year. Right. So Those are some big numbers. So that's how that played out. But whereas in the, the private insurance world, it, it, it's quite different. And I think in that world, yep. if there was some surprise billing, it slips under the radar. Yep. So what's going to happen coming up this year when CMS is going to be all privatized in a sense? right when when they're yep. going to be putting it all out to risk into the commercial yep. companies either
3: ACOs or HMOs right
2: yep so you know when that occurs then there's the the, the money trail is different it's now going through a commercial entity yep. and the the government is just paying commercially. It's, yeah. the, the government is no longer yeah. directly paying the hospital, right? Right.
3: But the difference there, Doctor Mark, is when that happens, mm-hmm. the management component of those ACOs and HMOs gets much more involved in the billing.
2: Oh, for sure, you know? for sure. But but yeah. that's that private group, That's right. right? That's and right. so now that private group, it, it's shifting away from you know the government having. The, yep. the the stick after the carrot right. and the private group, it's going to it's going to be different. So I, that concerns me. I think yep. that with that change, we have to have a better watchdog as right. to when this this kind of billing occurs. Right.
3: You know, another thing that we talked about along this same line is we talked about numerous patient problems with their insurance plans, how to work through these issues like high bills, how to negotiate a bill. Right incorrect bills due to payer billing issues. And we've already kind of hit on that. Mm-hmm. And then collection agencies. Yep. yep. We've talked about all those things and gave our listeners some advice on how to deal with this. And it goes right back to never, never, never <laughs> pay, pay a bill. bill.
2: Yeah. Yep. Right. Not yep. without getting somebody on the phone. That's right. And, you know, I think it's probably most important for those who have no insurance coverage or yep. went somewhere there, they were out of network. Yep. They get that bill. All you do, if you have some money that you can pay, you can get that bill cut down yes, to twenty five percent just by saying, Well, I can pay this much, but that's gonna take care of everything. That's right. So it and it's kind of ridiculous. And
3: we've had numerous instances of patient testimonies yep. about that. And many people have called in the studio, as you know, Mark, mm-hmm. and we've worked through some of their bills. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Over the last couple of years. Well the
2: bills are purposefully confusing. Yep. But at the end of the day, and the person that's on the other side of the phone isn't a financial expert. Yep. At the end of the day, they have a certain number of things that yep. they're going to do. But I can guarantee you that these entities know that, the collect- that they know what percentage of collections they're going to get. You're yep. in, you're out. Right. That's uh, right. they're, and they're very accurate. So they know that if they can put yep. some cash out of a bill and, and make that yep. just go away, yep. that in, in the end they're going to yep. win.
3: Well, you know, most payers pay fairly quickly. I mean, within 30 oh, yeah. days, right. that's state law, if right. it's a clean bill. But what many of these providers do, and I'm not going to single out anybody, they'll just go ahead and send out the main bill at full charges right? and try and collect it from you before anything else yeah. happens, as we've talked before. Mm-hmm. And that's where the confusing part comes into play. For sure. How to negotiate that and how to get work
2: through that. Right. And if you end out paying, how do you get that money back? Because that's right. Well,
3: they'll I, tell you, you'll yeah. get it back. You'll get it back six months exactly. a year later.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's another problem with the way the the system is set up. Like, there are very strict guidelines to how how long you have as a provider to bill an insurance company. Mm-hmm. There, the guidelines on the payment are way less strict. And you, you mentioned that you said a clean yep. bill. Yep. Well, they exactly. basically can say any bill is not a clean. Bill. Oh, exactly. They they you know yep. can easily put that way.
3: A clean bill could be because we we want to see medical records,
2: right? So now it's and not a clean bill. And not a clean bill. Right. And yet that
3: has nothing to do with the clean bill. Yep. No, absolutely. Yeah. Now you probably, now, yeah,
4: I was going to say, yeah, you, you probably can, hear that. Well, yeah, because on the commercial side, you've got 90 days to bill that clean claim. Um, so and if it's not in there within 90 days, it's just denied to timely filing. Whereas That's on the true. Medicare side, you you really have that full year. Um, but yeah, it gets very confusing.
2: Yeah. And, and then on the flip side of that. The, the payers don't – they're supposed to pay out in a timely yep. fashion, but when they don't, the interest rates that they may or may not pay for you are yep. infinitesimally small. Yep. And, you know, if you're a provider, you, you've got a business to run. You're trying to, trying to keep the lights on, and having those delays can be a real – I mean, yep. I, I, I can tell you I remember a, a number of years back when Medicaid came out in Florida and said, hey – we're going to delay everything by 60 days because we're putting uh, t- a together new system, a new system. Yeah. And you're like, what? I mean, exactly. And, and and you can believe that it wasn't 60 days. Right. You know, it was at least twice that. So, But to
3: disrupt your cash flow like that is just yeah.
2: ridiculous. Well, again, you know? I mean, you're looking at small businesses. Yeah. You know, we talk about all That's the time true. supporting small businesses yeah. in your community. You're providers are a small business. Right. The hospitals are a big corporation. Right. So when we talk about cash flow, that's where it's important. It's yes. important at that small yes. business side. And it's frustrating. I mean, I think that's one of the things yep. that independent physicians get get tired of. And they, because quite frankly, it creates a lot of anxiety. And, yep. and yep. even though yep. they might have years of success, every year it seems to get a little harder, doesn't it?
3: Yep. Yep. Dr. Martin, we come back, we're going to talk about all things Medicare In the Affordable Care Act, and we're not moving to our list very quickly.
2: No, we'll be right back. You're
1: listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry.
4: The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us. IPNetworkFlorida.com
0: Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com News, Opinion, Passion on the go. AM 950 FM 94.9
1: The Answer Welcome back to Healthcare Now: The Truth About U.S. Healthcare. And now, let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios
2: with Dr. Mark and Larry. You are back in the Healthcare Now studios. You've got Dr. Mark, Larry Jones, and April Peterson, and we are talking about the last 99 shows. This is show number 100. Yep, we're talking about the topics from those shows. And uh, you'd mentioned a little about collections. And April, you brought up a really good point during the break. And I I want you, I'm going to let you just kind of bring that one up again uh, on air.
4: Well, I I would say it just, and I can only speak about our specific network of close to a thousand independent physicians. But independent physicians typically don't send people or patients to collections because they would much rather negotiate have some kind of payment understanding, maybe non-insured, go cash pay, uh, offer a discount or a payment plan, they actually prefer that. So we just don't see the collection sending as often as we do from, like, large health systems.
2: Right, and I think there's a number of reasons for that. First, an altruistic reason, you know, where people get into healthcare for a reason that they are caring for their patients, and to impose something upon them that is negative is kind of counterintuitive, yeah.
3: Well, you send me a bill from a collection agency? And our relationship's probably over.
2: Well, I was going to say set, the second <laughs> reason true. is you, they don't want to tick people off. That's I true. think that physicians today, more than ever, are very concerned about frivolous cases being taken against them. And so, if the, if they have a an outcome that isn't what the patient would want, and then let's let's say you've got a patient that's not happy with the care they received, and then they get sent to collections, you know, they're they're Theoretically, they'd be more likely to come not after Very you. happy. And, yeah. and and that may be completely just what we as physicians think. It may be completely false. I've got no data to back it up, but that's one of the reasons. And the third reason is that the collection agencies cost money. Yep. The the yep. the trying to collect it yourself costs money. And so at some point, since we're only talking about, you know, ten percent of, of the cash that, that is involved in the whole process, it just isn't worth it. But I think you're right. I think very few physicians go after people in collections. And, and I've had doctors that are employed by big big groups who do go to collections, and it, it does. It makes them a little uncomfortable. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, and you know, the one thing when you talk about the averages of collection, most insurance plans, plus including Medicare, require you to bill the patient three times for the copay. Okay. And so that's that's basically law. Interesting. And after the three times, they can write it off the bad debt or send it to a collection agency. But in that 20 percent – Well, physician,
2: physician cannot write that off <clears throat> yeah. as bad debt.
3: No, right. Yeah. But the
2: hospital can. Yeah. Right, sure, sure.
3: And so on average, that 20 percent that Medicare doesn't cover,
2: mm-hmm.
3: only 12 percent of that's usually recovered by providers.
2: Makes sense. And and so I'll point, point out that providers don't get any tax breaks – on bad debt that's right and so that's right. And, and that's another thing that <clears throat> that really doesn't make a lot of sense um, no. what, what other what other business in the country can't write, can off, you bad not write off bad debt if people I mean, do not pay you Yeah. yeah. so, well, so well, it, it,
4: it should be opposite it should be the providers can write it off and the large healthcare care systems who can afford it can't and by the way aren't those large healthcare care systems oftentimes tax exempt
3: <laughs> not <laughs> well, only well. tax exempt they're exempt from Bad debt, as well as they get a lot of different subsidies that cover that bad debt over the years
2: yeah even when you're you tax exempt it, it still is important that what your bottom line is uh, because you know there's a certain amount of money that you can spend on on costs, and so its it 's all percentage based right yep so so that still comes into their calculations in a really important way it 's not not just federal income tax right. but in order to maintain that uh, tax exempt status you have to show show certain things and if you can show bad debt against earnings then those earnings are st- they stay in your pocket
3: right dr mark another thing that we talked about early on especially in the after the election year uh, we talked about who's in charge of our u.s health care system and all the different regulatory agencies in washington and at the state level
2: and without much surprise i think over the year we've learned how little those agencies communicate with each other you exactly. know with the cms and fda yep. making one making a decision and the yep. other overturning it and on the uh, adahill issue if yep, you recall exactly yep. exactly so
3: but that was important uh, and we're not going to go back through who those people are but uh, we did outline we did. them yeah, early yeah, we did we actually did profiles
2: yep. and mm-hmm. uh, sort of announced yep. when they were yep. and it was it was an interesting process because it it went over a course of 6 months yeah you know, know, there were, there were certain people a- were being appointed yeah. to different agencies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There were a lot of interims. The head of Medicare,
3: time. the head of HHS, right. the head of the FDA
2: and, yeah. and many others.
3: CMMI, which is a Centers for Medicare, Medicaid Innovation.
2: Yep. We may be doing that again soon. You know, we is, may. Uh, yep, I, yep. I think so. I think so.
3: But then one of the things we've spent numerous shows on is all things Medicare. Dr. Mark,
2: we have, we have And probably, I don't know if it's our, just our, our demographics Probably the the biggest feedback that we get are from folks that yes. that are like, man, yep. I had no idea. And you sat down, you and April have sat down personally with with clients and said, "Who said they're like, what do I what do I?" Do I did here? it
3: this week with someone. Yeah, I'm sure. It's just aging into Medicare.
2: Yep. So yeah, we've we've. I mean, you guys taught me because I was I was in the Medicaid world. I wasn't in the Medicare right, world. Right. So uh, man, I've learned a lot about yep. Medicare. So hopefully, I've, I've been giving giving good advice.
3: Well, the one thing that we've kind of hit on too is that Medicare Trust Fund and how that impacts the cost of Medicare. And as you know, right now it's dead, it's scheduled to be insolvent
2: in twenty twenty six. Yeah, which is a bunch of political BS because I mean, ne- yep. what's happening next is going to yep. totally change that when they when they That's privatize. Right. Or we were talked about that in the last segment when they privatize who who is managing yep. that. That amount of uh, yeah. debt, that's going to change the whole game.
3: Yeah, And for our listeners, what Dr. Mark's talking about is by 2030, Medicare, CMS, and HHS have indicated that by 2030, which is really only, s- what, seven short, seven, eight seven. years, eight short yeah, years seven, away, yeah. all Medicare will be in some type of a managed care yep. Yep. and an at-risk program.
2: Right. And and that's somewhere where it's been that way in Florida for Medicaid for yep. a number of years. It has so we're gonna see that same type of yep. selection group that, that are gonna be able to take this. And it's it's competitive business. Very much so. Uh, Medicare Advantage yep. is the yep. the first Medicare product that would stand out right. in this in the same way. Right. And so basically all Medicare is going to be Medicare Advantage.
3: It, well, it'll I mean, be Medicare Advantage or an accountable care organization.
2: Gotcha. That's true. There will true. still be
3: FIFA Service, straight Medicare with a supplement, but those but people those will be aligned into an ACO. Gotcha. And as you know, our organization as yeah. starts January 1 mm-hmm. in a new ACO program called ACO Reach, okay. realizing equity access and community health with our partner, CVS Health.
2: Yep, absolutely. Yep, so we'll... We'll be in that game and yep. we'll, learn, we'll learn along with uh, our listeners on, yep. on how that plays yep. out. I mean, I can see, again, I can see that efficiency because we, time and time again, we talk about the lack of governmental efficiency. So I can see the level of efficiency of a commercial group like CVS Health yep. being very, very profitable, but it does swing back around to the idea of, well, there we go again. Or the, those profits are yep. being created. That's money that can go back into the system. I don't have a problem be paying people for their hard work. And, you know, we've got these publicly traded companies yep. that I'm just not sure they should participate in yep. the health care debt. You know, right. I mean, I, that's 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 mm-hmm. my big concern.
3: And, you know, I want April to jump in here because she aligns all of our physician practices who are interested into whether a Medicare Advantage or an accountable care organization. So. April, talk about that process.
4: For physicians joining that? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, we are in the state of Florida, so if you are a physician at all, you have to take Medicare, unless, of course, you're in pediatrics, and that would be Medicaid, right? Right. But we the one of the highest subsidized states in the nation between Medicare and Medicaid. Um, you know, I just, I just thought of this. It was so funny listening to you guys talking about regulatory agencies and the government getting out of the way. And uh, you both know that I live right across the river from the space center. And what we saw happen out there when the government was in control, we had one launch every six months. And now Elon Musk is sending that stuff up every
3: other day. I think yeah. we had two, two launches in, in one day the yeah. last week, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, Exactly.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to get a simultaneous launch one day. Well, April
3: lives so close <laughs> that every time the launch goes off, her whole house shakes.
2: Nice. <laughs> a lot of those 2 a.m. launches, April. <laughs> Man, I tell you. Well,
4: you know, I will say, though, that the physicians really um, are interested in joining a lot of these programs like a Medicare Advantage or an accountable care organization because their members or their patients have to find a affordable solution to their yeah. health care. Like we had talked earlier today about co-pays and deductibles and all of this. I mean, when you're on Medicare, that 20% can start to add up. Oh, for sure. And, not,
2: and you don't expect them. it. Yeah.
3: And the yeah. premiums for supplement to stay in the straight Medicare world, along with the Part D, is pretty get, getting pretty high.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're hundreds yeah. of dollars a yeah. month now. Yeah. And, and But, I'm again, it's one of those – those suppositions that when you're working you're paying into medicare right so it's, it comes out of your yeah. out of your paycheck and you think that okay well that's going to be okay because when i turn 65 i'm going to have free free medical care and when when we say that to each other in the room we just laugh because it's <laughs> right. any it's anything but and then yeah. if you're fortunate enough to have good health and are able to work beyond the age of 65 it gets a little crazy there what you're paying out That's right. when you have your own health insurance that your company covers perhaps. So, I mean there's a there's yeah, a lot we'll more to learn there. about. It. I
3: mean like we'll break it down real quick. You got your Part A and B yep. that comes out of your social security. This year it's 164.90. Yep. And if you're in a supplement and you stay in Medicare not getting a Medicare advantage, those supplements have gone up to like $230 a month each wow. as a couple. And then the part d which is your b- drug program which you don't have in a straight medicare like you do in a medicare advantage is as much as 140 dollars a month
2: yeah so you're at 640 bucks so yeah each so yeah. that's
3: that's what 1300 bucks a month
2: yeah 13 for a couple for a couple 1300 bucks a month yeah. and so yeah you lay that out and then but then so then you say well god then how can this medicare advantage thing work well it's because it's a it's a privatized group that's figuring out how to cut costs and and you get more benefits. You get vision, dental, you get pharmacy and and,
3: uh, you get hearing. Yeah. Yeah. All that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it seems almost a risk model is what that is. Well, it is, but, but nobody's losing money. No. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's, it's only, it's only really a risk if you're going to have something that actually goes at risk. Well, I mean, I think we've, We've covered a lot of topics. I don't know that we have time to pick up a new one yet. No, we don't. But I do want to say yeah. a couple of things. One, you know, this is, this has been a really great journey. I, I it think has. Uh, I feel good about uh, some of the things that that the the team has accomplished here. Yep. Uh, two. Uh, Larry, the research that you do every week is amazing. I've, I'll say time and time again, I just show up, <laughs> and you've, you've already done this this deep dive work, and uh, you're, you're very much appreciated. And I know the listeners should know that and should appreciate yeah. you. Well, it's and all been a pleasure, Doctor Mark, for the it's last two years. A, yeah, and I hope uh, hope we can keep this keep this rolling. Uh, April, thanks for joining us today, and thanks for being our most. Uh, it, it's like a Saturday Night Live host. You're, yeah. You've hosted the show the uh, most times. Uh, and uh, yep. next week we're going to talk about some of the other folks that have been on the show with us We are And some more topics that we covered in the we, previous we 99 have shows
1: We two or
3: three more shows talking about what we've talked about for the last hundred shows
2: That'll make your work easier, Larry But,
3: but I will tell you, once we get through this, we've got two topics we're going to hit on And one is the secret to good health,
2: Dr. Mark Like it
3: All right. And the second one is the demise of primary care in America
2: Great topics Yep great being with the two of you today. Have a a great holiday and we'll be back in a week. Thank you, Dr. Mark. Thank you for joining us today on
1: Healthcare Now. To find the answers you're looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on on Healthcare Now.